Well, WWDC is come and gone. Did you get a chance to see it? Chet and Gary discussed some of the highlights from the keynote yesterday. Let's go! Good morning, Chad, and how are you today? I'm doing great, Gary. How about yourself? I'm doing fantastic. Well, it's the morning after. <laughs> it's the morning after. But before we get into that, this is our 50th podcast. Can you believe it? Yep, that's, uh, that's what you were saying. And I, I just, uh, you know, that's hard to believe. It's amazing. Yeah. Time flies when you're having fun. So is that what it is? That's what it is. <laughs> okay. I mean, we've got this penthouse. Yeah, we're that's overlooking right. the uh, swimming pool. It's just fantastic. But again, it's the morning after. So what were your thoughts from yesterday's keynote? Well, uh, I was going to say there's an elephant in the room, but I don't think that's a correct way to say it. I think it's a Tyrannosaurus Rex in the room. Apple dropped a a number of very interesting things, and I thought the amount of time they spent on things was interesting. That they spent about an hour, just slightly over an hour, talking about the normal stuff. And then they spent 45 minutes talking about the new Vision Pro system. Right. So, um, you know, I, I think we probably ought to uh, give a very quick uh, touch to some of the changes that are expected in the operating system because that's what most of our customers will see. And then uh, we can uh, decide how much time we want to spend talking about the new yeah, headset. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we can just maybe kind of point out one or two because there's, there's, there's numerous. And actually, until the people get their hands on it and start playing with it, they don't. They never have enough time to cover everything. That, that's right. Yeah, it's the capabilities that are in it, uh, rather than what the deliverable product is today. Um, and I, I did hear one of the reviewers say that the the whole thing is about the software for it, mm-hmm. and that's uh, the big thing. Why they brought it out now is because this is the developer conference. They want to get the developers involved and looking at how to change their applications. What does it mean for their applications to run in that kind of uh, 3D and uh, headset environment. Mm-hmm. So sure. Well, I know that uh, now that the uh, Mac uh, Mac Air has has a 15 inch screen and an M2 chip, it's the very last uh, uh, Mac to get upgraded to uh, the chips produced by Apple. So there's no more Intel chips and. In, in any of the yeah, that's right yeah they said that that took them all out the mac studio and the mac uh, pro also got uh, upgraded to all the apple chips and uh, their performance is just through the roof uh, again as uh, we've seen with their laptops so uh, I, I think that if you're looking for a new mac uh, macbook is really what you're looking for uh, the new macbook air 15 inch at uh, basically twelve hundred dollars yeah. It's probably something well worth taking a look at. That's uh, running the, the, the new M2 chip. So it's got all of the latest capabilities and so forth. Even if you want to go that route because they've, they've uh, increased uh, all the, um, the software and uh, just the, um, well, the M2 chip and everything in mm-hmm. the iPads. It's almost like you don't even need a You may not. It, it depends, again, on what you're doing. I look at it this way, that if you are in the business of creating some things that that's when you need the macbook 
Uh, if you're going to keep the uh, uh, financial records for the church or the local club, you need the MacBook. If you're simply going to be accessing existing information out on the internet and uh, using a few of the products like uh, photos and things like that, notes, uh, you don't need a MacBook. You can do that on an iPad beautifully and it'll be a, a much uh, better experience for you as a, as a user. So I, I think that that's really the way to look at that. So uh, one thing, let's just pick one thing from each device, I guess. What was your favorite thing that you, that they had in the uh, keynote for the, uh, I, the iOS? For iOS? 17? Uh, they, there's a number of things that they talked about in there. Um, and they, there are actually three things that I'd, I'd like to hit on there. One of okay. them is they talked about the concept of personalized contact posters. Mm -hmm. Where you can go in and define a what looks like a uh, home screen or a uh, you know lock screen for each of the people in your contact right. list, so that when you get a phone call from them, it actually shows their contact screen, which might have a picture of them and a background and information about them. Uh, so there was that going on, but along with that also, they talked about something where you get this live voicemail. And the mm -hmm. idea is that your phone is ringing, you're seeing who's calling you, but you don't know whether they just want to say hi or is it something important. So as they start to leave a voicemail message, it's going to translate that into text on your locked home screen or on your lock screen of your phone so you can see what they're calling about. And then if you decide, well, maybe I better answer this, it looks important, you can still answer the call even though they went to voicemail. Yeah, that is awesome. That is, and that will give you the ability to kind of filter the incoming calls to see whether you really want to answer them or not. Right. And that's going to be a big thing. Um, that's going to use some of their new artificial intelligence uh, stuff, and they talked about that in a number of places. So anyway, there's that. Another thing they talked about was the text input. Mm -hmm. And the fact that they're going to use the technology that's been developed for things like ChatGPT in order to make text input better. And what they're talking about here is where ChatGPT, what it really does in the background is it understands how the English language is used. It's looked at enough of it's been trained in that. It anticipates the coming words and the sentence that you are starting to input. And so what they're going to do is the same thing. They're going to use that same learned technology to anticipate what you are trying to input and anticipate it going the way. If it goes the way they think it's going to go, then they can finish the sentence for you before you get there. And this is going to be really interesting to see how big a, an impact that makes. Yeah, and that should, uh, <clears throat> it should improve autocorrect immensely by doing that. Yes, it should. Yeah. Now, it can also make it really bad. Well, like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that isn't what I was trying to say. I'm trying to stay on the good side. Yeah. <laughs> no, so I, I think that, and that may be something that takes a while for people to get used to, uh, because it means that you kind of have to be watching what you're trying to input. Mm -hmm. But right. if you're doing dictation and that kind of stuff, it should significantly improve that experience, so I'll have to see that. And the, the other thing that they talked about was something called Journal, that which is, is a yeah, brand that, new that was, app that, uh, nice. that encourages you to create a journal. 
and uh, it uh, will tie in with notes uh, and so forth. But uh, the idea of being able to write a journal and or dictate a journal and, and bring in photographs and all the other stuff into the journal and keep a regular daily journal is what it's aiming for. And that'll be interesting to see how that gets used and how many people actually use it. Yeah, that, I did. I was really interested in it. And uh, of course, you get the disclaimer that's going to be available sometime next year yes. or, or this year sometime yeah, sometime yeah, later yeah, this year later yeah. this year yes it's not going to come out in september when ios 17 drops so it's going to be a little bit fun but it, it's very interesting the thing that i i liked was number one they took away the hey oh yes in front of our siri now yes and, uh, yeah that and cool. that's going to make it even more interesting because now we can't talk about siri without triggering it <laughs> <laughs> yeah that could be more interesting for kids uh, uh, also, I like that uh, you can have a, like a stand on your nightstand and display oh, yes. the, the time and your lights and all that function. Yeah, being able to turn the phone sideways mm -hmm. and, and have a, a very different display, kind of like the watch. When you turn the watch right. up on the side, you get a different display, nightstand mm -hmm. display. Uh, and they're talking about doing the same thing with a phone. And that, that'll be very interesting. Yeah. And especially the way that widgets work differently in that mode. Yes, yeah. Yeah, and some of the widgets are going to be interactive now where you yes. can check off things. Yes, well, that was the other thing, yeah, interactive widgets where you can actually input things to the widget, not just see. Right. Yeah. So I didn't really pay a whole lot of attention to the watch. Did you have anything that stood out to you? Uh, well, they, they had a lot of stuff that they went through and talked about with a watch here, and I was looking just looking for my notes. They, they've done a lot of things. Uh, uh, on being able to make it more interactive, uh, they've added some features to the activity app that are more targeted for cycling and hiking and those kind of things. Uh, what it's going to take to use those and activate those, they made it sound like it was going to be so easy, but they're quite different than they are today. So uh, if you're using those, it's going to change things. Um, and then uh, there's uh, doing some things for your uh, health, uh, mental health. Uh, they're adding some mental health features in there and also some vision features trying to uh, detect if you are holding screens too close to your face and things like that. So there's a lot of that kind of stuff going on. Um, so I think it's going to be really a, a case of looking at it and, and working with it a little bit to understand how those changes are going to affect us. Now the iPad, that was interesting too. The, they had some nice features there where they're going to have widgets available on the iPad now and they kind of disappear into the background when the, when yes. the primary app is open. So kind of like that. That's the thing that stood out for me. I don't know what, are the, is there anything else that, that you? The um, PDF. Oh yeah, the PDF. They, they uh, added uh, some uh, information or some processing on PDFs that are going to be built into the iPad's operating system and to iPad OS, uh, where it allows you to easily fill in fields and add signatures and things like that. And they said even if you scanned a document with your camera, it would recognize where entry fields are and uh, they allow you to just tap on them and type the contents into them which makes it very easy to fill out forms and to complete a pdf and then turn around and send that to somebody if you have to and with more and more companies going to online documents processing right. um, that could be a very big thing it's sure going to be easier than having to put 
text boxes in there and you know just oh yeah around and yeah that's yeah when you hey you could always overlay them on on mm -hmm. top of the pdf and do things like that but that that was a lot of work on it's your part work, if it yeah. can look at it and say oh, okay there's a spot for your name here and uh just you just typing. put it in there yes yeah. <laughs> so there, there's that going on there they said they had stage manager improvements but i wasn't quite sure what those were yet so i think we'll have to play with those a little bit uh, they said they were new drawing tools and free form, uh, but again, I think those are things we're going to have to get our hands on and play with to actually see them. Well, if you didn't see the uh, full presentation, you can always access it uh, through the Apple TV on the events um, tab and also YouTube. They had it on YouTube, so you mm -hmm. can always check it there. So I guess now is our time to dig into the, the, big, the big announcement, price tag and all. Price tag and all, huh? <laughs> boy, I'll tell you. One more thing. <laughs> one more thing. And boy, yeah. was it a big one. Uh, yeah, well, everybody was waiting for that yes. to happen. And of course, you know, I was just checking and uh, their stock value is down this morning by a couple of dollars, yeah. which means that the uh, analysts are looking at this thing and saying, are you out of your ever-loving <laughs> mind? Uh, the same kind of thing happened after they released the iPhone, mm -hmm. you know, it just... So I, I think what we're really looking at here with this headset that Apple's come out with is something that is going to set the bar like the iPhone did. The iPhone was not the first cell phone that came out, but it, it defined what a cell phone was. And I saw somebody talking about that and saying 15 minutes before Steve Jobs presented the iPhone, the Nokia was an industry trendsetter. Mm -hmm. 15 minutes mm -hmm. after, it was not relevant at all any longer. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I, I think we're seeing the same thing, that uh, Apple was not the first one with a, a virtual reality headset that you would wear, uh, but they uh, may have, what they, uh, what they may have actually done is shown you how it should have been done in the first place, and all of the ones that currently exist are now irrelevant. <laughs> you know, the, the thing that sticks out to me is when they introduced the iPhone, he made it sound like they were going to uh, announce three separate products. Yes. He said, today we're going to uh, show yeah, you internet, an iPod, an internet, internet browser, and a phone. And a yeah. phone. Yeah. <laughs> but it was just one. One device, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so any, anyway, uh, I think that, uh, you know, like I said earlier, this, this isn't an elephant. This is a Tyrannosaurus Rex that is going to just run through the, the whole place. Yes, it's expensive. $3,500 is what they're talking about right now. won't be available until sometime next year. Uh, order something they said after the first of the year you'd be able to order them uh, this is probably not something that is going to appeal to everybody uh, and I one of the things I was thinking about is what kind of information are seniors who are technology challenged going to need to even be able to use a device like this and the uh, it isn't button pushing no there's no buttons it's here it's it's gestures with your hands, and uh, the, the people that I was watching videos of them having a chance to play with it a little bit yesterday, the reviewers, they said that, that you use your eyes, and eye tracking is unbelievable. Mm -hmm. They said they, they couldn't believe how accurate eye tracking was. Eye tracking is the principal thing that happens uh, for the interface. You look at something, and the system says, oh, you, you're looking at the uh, email icon. Now, if you want to activate the email icon, you put your index finger and your thumb together, and that mm -hmm. selects it. Yeah. There's no buttons. <laughs> and they said, you don't have to hold this in a special position. One guy said it was sitting down on the couch next to me, and I'm just <laughs> snapping my fingers down here. Clicking away. <laughs> Clicking away, and it's working like a champ. Uh, if you want to scroll, 
you put your fingers together and push your hand up, and it scrolls. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. The, the other thing that I thought was very interesting about this, and, and to really get a feel for this, you, you need to watch some of the videos that are on YouTube where you can see it. Uh, Apple's got a pretty good one that's a, just under 10 minutes long that kind of talks about the features of this. So if you go to apple.com, I'm sure you'll find it there, as well as YouTube if you're looking on YouTube for it. Um, and that will show you what it looks like, how it works, and those kind of things. Uh, but the, the thing I found interesting about it was Apple has put a lot of effort into making this something that doesn't shut the environment off around you. And this is one of the things that just is unique to Apple's approach to this, where all of the other VR headsets, you put them on, you put a box over your head, basically. Mm -hmm. Nobody can see you and what you're doing, what you're looking at. You can't see the environment around you or anything else. And Apple's headset, their Vision Pro headset, actually shows you the environment around you. So you see the room around you. It appears that the, the uh, front of this thing is transparent. Turns out it's not. It has cameras that are showing you what you're looking at. So you see the room around you. And, but it, because of the fact that you're not, it's not transparent, the software can darken down the room around you if you're doing something where you need to have it darkened or it can lighten it back up again. One of the things I thought that was really interesting was the idea they said if somebody walks up to you, if that person walks up to you, it's going to bring them into your field of view so you see them. Even if you're watching a movie and somebody comes up and you know, you're, you're sitting at home, you're watching a movie and the kids run up, you're going to see them come up to you. Sure. So it, it's keeping that in. The other side of it I thought was absolutely fascinating is the fact that them looking at you, they can see where your eyes are pointed. So they're interacting by looking at your eyes. Now they're not really seeing your eyes. What you actually have is a television screen facing them oh, okay. that has your eyes in, <laughs> and that's one of the things you do is you create this digital persona that includes your face, and that's what's shown to them. So when they're looking at the front of this thing, they're not seeing a blank piece of plastic sitting in front of your eyes. They are, it's like they're looking through a clouded screen, but they're seeing your face and your eyes, and they can tell you're looking at them or not. And this allows somebody that you're with to interact with you, even though you might have this thing on. And I think that that ability to have that interaction going on is going to make a very big difference in the usability of this kind of a product. You're not isolating yourself from the world any longer. Right. You're just augmenting everything you're seeing digitally. So that, that's a big difference. Well, what, I, what impressed me was when they were watching movies, you could make the screen as big as, big as you want. Big as you want. I mean, it was amazing. So, I mean, yeah, I'm, I guess I'm going to have to start saving now. Yeah. <laughs> start putting your dimes and nickels away. And if you don't want a headset, Gary and I will be happy to save your well, dimes and nickels we'll, for you. We'll save it for you. You know, with all the money we make from sponsors off our podcast, we could probably both have one. <laughs> Uh, you know, I did hear one guy who was talking about this uh, within a few minutes of the release, and he was talking about the fact, well, everything was flat. It was all two-dimensional. I said, well, he obviously missed how much work Apple talked about uh, in creating things that were three-dimensional and had depth. It sounds like just about everything Apple tried to do includes that concept of depth. And at one point, they were talking about having screens and the idea of knowing where the firewall was, what you're looking at, and putting the screen you're not using in between the two. Mm -hmm. 
So mm -hmm. it created that illusion of depth. Right. Uh, so it sounds like they're doing a lot with that. They, they talk about it being spatial, and it be, it's spatial video, and that's their real key is, is they're trying to make it look like the world around you as much as they possibly can. Um, I thought that the, what they were doing with uh, taking a uh, panoramic view in uh, the, your camera was fascinating yeah. because you could go to a photograph that was a panoramic view and all of a sudden it's wrapping around you like it was when you took the uh, when you the took the room. photograph yeah it fills a whole room and you're standing in the middle of this yeah. thing you took a photograph of uh so the, there's all of that going on uh a couple of things that worry me a little bit about it is only two hours of battery life on the battery now that's possibly good and it's possibly bad one thing is most movies are longer than two hours these days right. So that's an issue. But the other side of movies is you may have noticed that the last 20 minutes of them are credits. Right, right. That's, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, maybe, oh. maybe two hours is uh, enough to, to watch the, the basic movie. Five minutes of introduction. So. <laughs> yeah, uh, but the other side of it is uh, it might be a good excuse to break and take this thing off and set it down for a while and get out of that environment saying, okay, i got to go charge the batteries up again or i got to swap to a different battery pack or something along those lines. So that might be a really good reason to take a break, uh, which you might not otherwise do. You could actually also have the auxiliary battery in your pocket. While you could. Yes. Yeah. Uh, well, they said that one of the things is it has a uh, Type-C uh, USB connector on oh. the battery for charging, so you could have, actually have it plugged into the wall in charge mode and keep it on forever. Yeah. <laughs> So. I don't know if I'm ready for that, though. Uh, you know, they, it, but I, I think that the uh, they also talked about uh, using your uh, eyeballs and your uh, retina as a, an optic ID, so that you don't have to log into your account and you simply put this on. And like with Face ID, it recognizes your eyes, and it automatically connects you to your Apple account. And of course, all of the stuff that are go goes on here syncs through iCloud to your iPhone and your iPads and your MacBooks and all of that kind of stuff and your watch uh, it, as you're working with here. Um, I liked uh, one of the examples they showed in their preview demos. Uh, you're looking at your MacBook. You open up your MacBook and you look at your MacBook through your Vision Pro headset and then you lift your eyes up and it takes the screen of your MacBook and puts it up in front of you. Takes oh, it off the MacBook and hangs it in the air in front of you. <laughs> it is, it's amazing. It's, it's amazing. All the, all the things they thought through. Right. And the, this one guy I was watching this morning that uh, was one of the people that had a chance to spend about 45 minutes, he said, uh, in a one-on-one -on -one with a couple of the, the engineers at Apple uh, playing with this thing yesterday after the presentation. Um, he was saying he couldn't believe how smooth everything was. And he said, when you scroll, it's smooth. When you look at the text, the text is unbelievably sharp and readable. The, the resolution on the uh, camera or the, the screens that are in front of your eyes is 4K resolution. You got two 4K TVs oh, built wow. in there that your eyes are seeing. <laughs> uh, so, uh, you know, it just uh, sounds like Apple has done everything they could to make this work right. And the, the big question will be what happens with the software developers that they buy into this idea and what kind of a change is this going to make in the way we use computers 
It'd be a big change if, if, if a lot of people get on board. I mean, if, if you can see a keyboard right in front of you, you, you don't need the hard, you don't need hardware anymore. You don't need anything. Yeah. And, and that's what I was thinking about is all of a sudden the idea of saying I have to have a desktop or a MacBook or I have to have an iPad or an iPhone. I don't need any of those things. <laughs> and where all I need is this headset I put on my head and I, I can FaceTime with people. I can make telephone calls. I can do everything. Why, why do I need anything else? Incorporate into driving at some point in the future. Uh, well, you know, when you get to the point where you're talking about auto, uh, automatic driving or uh, autonomous drive vehicles, and uh, they're definitely uh, a reality. Um, you know, the ability for the car to drive itself is there. The question is, how do we handle the traffic and making sure it understands what to do with the dummies? Yeah. <laughs> but uh, anyway. Um, you know, we're getting to the point where that stuff is going to become a real thing here in the next year or so, um, and or two years at the most. I can't see it taking any longer than that from where we are right now. That software is just so good. Um, but one, in, one good thing about it too is like if they can be fitted with lenses, if you wear glasses, yes. which is a that's a big plus. You know, a lot of people are visually challenged, so I know. I'd come in handy for me, so. <laughs> I don't know, uh, with other uh, vision conditions like, uh, uh, what is it, the, uh, uh, where you lose the uh, center vision? Uh, oh. My mother had that, and I can't remember the uh, term. Uh, anyway, uh, where, you know, you lose portions of your vision. That's something that this may or may not be able to help with. And because of the way it works, it might actually be something that's a benefit, and this would be something for the uh, folks that uh, support blind and, and so forth that do uh, vision assistance for people with computers could take a look at it. I know that one of the things they had, my mother uh, was looking at this, uh, was a system that actually tried to create the image around the blind spot that she had in the center of her vision. Oh, wow. Uh, but it was done with lenses, and it wasn't very effective. But if they could actually compensate for a, uh, a an area of your vision where you can't see, yeah. Now, if you're totally blind, that's something entirely different. Right. But you know, it's going to be interesting because the developers haven't even got their hands on this stuff yet. They haven't yes. Hit, you know, they haven't. They're starting to. They're learning about they're, it this week. They're learning about it today. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's it's going to be a very different way to think about how do I develop an app. What is a computer app that hangs in the air in front of you? How does that work? Right. Um, you know, the idea of reaching out and touching a screen or having a button you can push or something, it's gone. It's gone. You just got to click your fingers. Yeah. Well, so. that's going to about do it for today, I think, Chet. We've, we really dived into it a little bit. And, um, but I encourage you all to uh, look at the presentation on YouTube or, or Apple TV. And, I'm sure it's at other places where you can see it. It's very interesting, even if you just want to gloss over to the, the last part of it, the, uh, the headset. So, um, But, yeah, it was great. And uh, I think we'll just end it here. And I just want to say happy 50th. <laughs> <laughs> and I hope you have a great day. Goodbye, you too, Jerry. Goodbye, Jerry. Goodbye. <laughs>